I got a question for you today. Why do you think, why do you think that so many problems face our culture? We see racism on the rise. We see families with husbands and wives that are conflicted. We see nations rising up against nations. We see people suing people over frivolous, silly things. Why do these things happen? I think perhaps one of the greatest reasons is because people don't have peace in their life. And today I want to talk to you about this very powerful commodity, peace. It's something that a lot of people don't have, but it's something that everybody wants. In fact, if we were able to package it up and sell it at Walmart, we would all make a lot of money because it is in such high demand, and yet we know so little about peace. And sometimes we don't have peace in our life because we have so many peace, peace distractors. We have busyness, uh, sometimes just being busy. Many of us uh, today during this season of this pandemic are working more than we have ever worked before. Some of us are not working at all, and, and, but many of us are, are busier than we've ever been. Some of us just became homeschool moms, and we didn't even know that was going to happen. And, and your schedule just went from, from busy to busier. And if we're not careful, busyness can rob us of the peace of, of God in our own lives. Sometimes it's shame. You know, we don't have peace because, because we feel bad about things that we've done in the past, and we can't let it go. Sometimes it's fear. We play the what-if game in our mind. What if this happened? What if that happened? Sometimes it's change. Things are changing so quickly, so fast, and change can rob us of peace. It's interesting, though, when Jesus began to speak to his disciples about the subject of peace, they were facing many of these things. Uh, Fear was out the wazoo. Jesus in his final hours with the disciples in John chapter 14 is in the upper room. He's giving his final words of instruction to the twelve. And it's interesting because Jesus is just about to be arrested. He's just about to be crucified hours away. And yet Jesus is talking to the disciples about their peace. Not his peace, but their peace. Did you know that Jesus is concerned about your peace? Jesus wants you to have peace in your life. Would you turn with me to John 14, 27, to this powerful passage? Uh, Look at it with me here. It says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is the gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or Afraid, And I want to share three truths with you today about how you can experience the peace of God in your life and three things that we got to understand. And the first is simply this. Jesus gives peace. Jesus is the giver of peace. Peace comes from Jesus. Some people think that peace comes from a bottle or comes from a joint or comes from some type of drug, or an experience, or peace is something that we find at the mall. But peace comes from Jesus. And Jesus actually says, Jesus actually says, this is a gift 
that he gives to us. In other words, we got to use the gift. Have you ever received a present that you never really used? Maybe you got something for Christmas or your birthday and you put it in the back of the closet, you forgot about it. I think a lot of Christians today have good doctrine and good theology, but they have forgotten or maybe they never really understood that Jesus Christ is the giver of peace. And there is no one like Christ. There's no one like him. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave on the third day so that you and I could have peace with God. And when we have peace with God, it begins to orient us to the peace of God. And Jesus says to the twelve, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. For thousands of years, Jewish people have greeted one another with the, with the word shalom. If you're Jewish or you have Jewish friends or maybe you've been to the Holy Land before, you've heard that term, shalom, which just means peace. But when a Jewish person says shalom, they don't mean I hope you have a nice sunny day eating your favorite ice cream, watching your favorite memes on your phone. What they mean, what they mean is something that's different. What they mean is, 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 is related to your intercon, interconnectedness, your, your contentness, your, your inner steadfastness. It, it's something that relates to our contentment and our satisfaction. Our contentment and our satisfaction. And, and you may be broke and you can still have peace. You may have just gotten word this week that you lost your job, but you can still have the peace of God. Jesus gives peace. Because see, peace is an inner stillness that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not something that is based on our circumstances. Uh, the more that you worry, the more that the enemy wins. I love that story in the Gospels about Jesus sleeping in the bottom of the boat. There's a huge storm. Jesus is with the, with the disciples. And Jesus is taking a nap while everybody else is hanging on for dear life. The disciples are actually upset with Jesus. They're frustrated with him. Come on, Jesus. Wake up. What's wrong with you? Don't you care about us? And when Jesus stands up into the bow of that boat, he says something pretty amazing. He says, peace be still. Now, this was not a Royal Caribbean cruise line boat. This was a small Middle Eastern 2,000 years ago type of vessel. So it's being rocked all over the place. But Jesus says to the wind and the waves, peace be still. But listen, you cannot say peace be still over your circumstances if you have no peace in your life. Because you cannot speak to something that you have not experienced in your own heart. And it begins with understanding that Jesus is the giver of peace. He's the giver of peace. How does he do it? In verse 26, right before... He says this, but the comforter, and I love the amplified translation because it, it, it translates the synonyms, the other words for the Holy Spirit, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and to act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. How can I experience the peace of Jesus? The peace of Jesus comes by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, the, the, the Holy Spirit is able to do what I cannot. And too many people are trying to achieve peace by their own merits, by their own works, by their own, by their own efforts, and yet peace comes by the power of the Spirit. It comes by the power of the Spirit. Now look at these words here, comforter. The word comforter means to run alongside of us and even to pick us up when we <clears throat> are falling. Counselor. Have you ever needed some counseling? Maybe you're going through a situation right now in your life. You're like, I need counseling. You got the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when I don't know what to do, I'll just get in a still place with the Lord and just say, Lord, would you teach me? Would you show me? And it's in that moment that sometimes the Holy Spirit will give me some direction and some inspiration that is so profound and amazing. Maybe you need that. Maybe you need a counselor. You need a helper. You need an intercessor, somebody who will pray for you. The Spirit of God is praying for you today. Why can you have peace? The Spirit of God's praying for you. Jesus is praying for you at the right hand of the Father. He's the advocate. He's like the defense attorney arguing on your behalf, and Satan is the accuser. He's the strengthener. He gives spiritual strength. He's the standby. He's the one that is faithful. He is always steadfast and there beside us. He's the teacher who can help us to understand. Now listen, <clears throat> if you've got the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, and the teacher, what else do you need to experience the peace that Jesus gives? What else do you need? Jesus gives peace. But don't make any mistake about it. The peace that Jesus gives is actually different, different from the peace of the world. Jesus' peace is not what a lot of people expect. Notice what he says here. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. In other words, the peace of Jesus is different from the peace of everybody else. You know, a lot of people today are frustrated with God, frustrated with Jesus, because they're looking for the world's peace from Jesus Christ. And Jesus offers a different peace. You know, it's kind of like people are expecting this peace, and Jesus is bringing this peace, and so we're frustrated because we want peace to be like this, but Jesus brings another kind of peace. He says, I don't bring it like the world. What is the world's peace? The world's peace is, let me get all the circumstances in order and I'll have peace in my life. In other words, like my family's doing good, my job's going well, there's some money in the bank, I'm healthy. Nobody's acting too crazy. I have peace. Jesus says, no, 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 no. My peace? My peace isn't like that. 
The peace of Jesus is not a pseudo-peace. It is not a veneer of peace. It is something that is so much more profound. It is deeper. It is more impactful. It is, it is greater, if you will, than the peace of the world. A lot of people say, you know, I just don't want to think about the bad things that are going on in my life because if I think about the bad stuff, then I'll get discouraged and I won't have peace, so I'll be happier if I can just block it out. Well, that, that, that's great for a little while, but at some point, <clears throat> you got to deal with the stuff in your life. Jesus' peace is something that is deep down in your spirit and in your heart and, and something that is not, it's not the world's peace, man. It is, it is God's peace. That's why people jump from job to job to job, or people jump from relationship to relationship to relationship, or sometimes people even jump from church to church to church because they're looking for peace. But the peace that they're looking for is peace as the world sees it. Zero hardship, zero difficulties. Everything's hunky-dory. Everything's beautiful. Everything's wonderful. And yet the peace of Jesus is something that's, it's not the world's peace. Well, what is Jesus' peace? Uh, look at this right here in John 16, This is what Jesus said. In the world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I mean, Jesus is guaranteeing you that there will be hardship in your life. He's guaranteeing that you will have problems. And so his peace is not, it is not the avoidance of trouble. It is the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. It's something that's so awesome, something that's so great, something that is so much deeper in our life. Well, how can I experience this deep peace of Jesus that goes beyond my circumstances? Jesus promises right here, in the end of verse 27, that he gives abundant peace. Look at it right there. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be fearful. Having peace is something that we are all capable of. I mean, Jesus, think about it. Jesus would not have said to the disciples, don't let your heart be troubled, if that was impossible to do. So I got a word of encouragement for you today. It is possible to have a life that is filled with the peace of God. It is possible. Now you're going to have to go after it. I think we got to work on our peace. We ought to seek after peace. The psalmist said that to us in Psalm 34, 14, seek peace and pursue it. So we got to go after it, but... Jesus said, it is possible, and he says, don't let your heart be troubled. And to be troubled is to agitate or to stir something up, to shake something. Uh, the other day, I was desiring to have a soda, and I went into the fridge at the house, and there was a soda can, and I don't drink a lot of soda, but I, I just really wanted to have a soda. And the can was all bent up. It was obvious that the Soda can had been shaken, it had been disrupted, maybe it had been dropped, and uh, it was the last drink in the fridge, so I thought, man, I, 
I, I so much want to have this soda, but I know it's going to explode when I, when I open it. It reminded me when I was at, in the middle school group, when I was a kid, I was like 13 years old. My buddies and I would go to the youth group functions and we would grab the cooler and we would shake up all the drinks and like one buddy would get the Sprites and one would get the Coca-Colas and somebody else would get the Dr. Peppers or whatever it was and we would watch everybody else at the party open up all of the shaken drinks and see whose drinks could make the biggest mess. I guess when you're in middle school, that's you know kind of a fun thing to do. So I had a flashback. And I went out to the yard and I opened the soda can and it exploded and I shot it out into the grass and then I was able to drink the rest of it and it was all good. But I thought, you know, people are a lot like sodas. They're a lot like shaken soda cans. When our life gets shaken, sometimes we explode. We explode because we don't have the peace of God the super abundant power of the Spirit of God dwelling in our life. And notice Jesus promises abundant peace. His peace is different, but His peace is abundant. That's why He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Listen, when you're shaken, when you are stirred, when, when, you, are, when you are powerfully and wonderfully rocked in your life, you can still have. Peace. You can still have that peace. I was talking with a friend of mine a few weeks ago. His wife passed away. They were married more than 50 years. And I said to my friend, I said, how are you doing? And he said, Ryan, there's, there's a lot of pain. We were married all these years. But he said, it's the craziest thing. While I still have a lot of pain, I have a lot of peace. And I feel the presence of God in my life. And I just thought I can't imagine going through the death of a spouse. And here's someone who's acknowledging, yes, it is painful. Listen, being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean that we ignore difficulties. He's telling me, Ryan, it's hard. It is difficult. But there has been such great peace. I was talking with my former youth pastor recently. I sent him a message on Facebook because I heard that he had cancer. I wanted to check in with him. He wrote me back. His whole message was not about his cancer. It was about me. Ryan, I'm so proud of you. You're doing a great work for God. Can I serve you in any way? I prayed for you. And he went on and on and on. And he was talking about me and yet he's the one that has cancer. How can somebody do that? They have great peace. They have peace in their heart. I was talking with one of our church members. Gina and I were speaking with her this week. And she's the manager of uh, over 100 nurses at one of the largest hospitals in our city. And they've been seeing these coronavirus victims come in like crazy. People are sick. People are dying. She's working like 12, 14 hours a day. And it is just, it is just difficult. It's hard. It's hard to go to work every day and know you're going to see that. 
And her comment was, it has been so difficult, but I have had so much peace. I've had so much peace. And some of the people that work with her have been losing their mind because they don't have the peace that she has. There's really a dichotomy in the Christian life. There's two things that are existing at the same time. Pain and peace. Pain and peace. You can have great pain and great peace going on in your heart in the same in the same person at the same time. That's what Jesus was speaking about when he said, I give you peace, but not as the world gives it to you. Because the world says to have peace, everything in my life has to be smooth sailing. But if you wait your whole life to have every arena of your life in perfect order, you will never have peace. I don't think there's ever been a season where Every area of my life has been going great at the same time. (laughs) But I want to have the peace of Christ in my heart regardless of what's going on. And this is his great promise to us when he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be fearful. Jesus is saying, I want to bring an abundance of peace into your life. And we should go after it. To be fearful means to be timid. And you cannot live a life of faith if you are timid. You cannot do it. So how do I do this? I want to give you some practical things today to go after this life of peace. Look at this right here. How can I experience God's peace? Number one, faith. My faith, my trust in the Lord. John 14, 1, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. If you want to have peace in your life, you have to have confidence in God. You may not have all the answers. You may not know exactly how this whole thing's going to end up, but you have great confidence in the Lord. Isaiah 26:3, we saw it last week. He says, "You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you." And do you see the connection between trusting God and peace? Because when you trust God, you will begin to have peace in your life. Amen? Uh, Righteousness. uh, Righteousness. Faith and righteousness. Righteousness is just simply a a, a biblical word for right living. It's doing what God's called you to do. And you know, if things are hard and difficult, and you're doing the right things, you at least have peace of mind that you have done what God has asked you to do. (laughs) You have that. And that should bring peace. But righteousness is just just walking in the path that God has called you to to walk in. Isaiah 32, 17 and James 3, 18 link peace and righteousness together. It's amazing. If you want to have more peace in your life, do what God's called you to do. You may be bringing unrest into your own spirit by the choices that you are making. Sin brings stress. Somebody ought to put that in the chat and say amen. Sin brings stress. Sin brings stress. You want to be stressed out, live a life of sin. We think, well, I want to be independent. I want to do my own thing. And if I'm doing my own thing, I have freedom and I have peace. No, 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 no. In reality, when you get off of the path of God, you bring a lack of peace. You bring fear, you bring uncertainty, 
You, you bring all kinds of other struggles into your life by making bad choices. If you sleep with the wrong person, you're going to have more stress. If you waste your money, you're going to have more stress. If you lose your temper and you got problems with fits of rage, you're going to create more problems for yourself. We got to walk in righteousness. Man, and when the when I'm trusting in God, it's a lot easier to walk in the path that he's called me to walk in. Uh, prayer is a third thing. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, when you pray about things, it puts a shield, a guard around your heart and around your mind. So don't let your heart be troubled. Whatever is stirring you up, pray about it and let the peace of God fill your heart and fill your mind. That's your emotions and your thoughts and walk in that great peace. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Jesus gives peace. Jesus gives deep peace. It's not as the world. And Jesus gives abundant peace. It is a peace that keeps me calm even in the middle of a raging storm. Would you bow with me for a prayer for a moment?